Today's episode of the BS Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. As always, they are our presenting sponsor since 1979. Find the best tickets for sporting events, music, wrestling, opera, you name it. They have a bunch of great deals on March Madness right now. It's the smartest, easiest way to get tickets for those games. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs coming up, opening day, baseball, a lot of stuff. I've had SeatGeek on my phone for two plus years. It's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for the best tickets thanks to the revolutionary grading system. Buy and sell tickets with just two taps on your phone. Everything fully guaranteed. Try it out. Download the SeatGeek app or go right to SeatGeek.com. We're also brought to you by Channel 33. That is one of the most successful entertainment podcasts right now. We have a whole bunch of stuff, TV, film, uh, lately Bachelor. And the reason I bring this up is the season finale of The Bachelor was this week. And we had a special Bachelor Party episode hosted by Juliet Lippman with Roger Sherman, the greatest Bachelor recapper of all time, and myself. I made a cameo. I came in, I warmed up the audience for Roger Sherman, but uh, I went on that one. So if you want to hear that, go to Channel 33. You can listen to it, subscribe to it. I can't believe you're not subscribing to it already. And we also have a Sports Movie Hall of Fame coming up that is also going to be on Channel 33. So if you want to hear that, we've done four. This will be the fifth. And if you want to hear it, I would download or subscribe. Channel 33. Check it out. On iTunes, on Stitcher, on Overcast, on SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast, Channel 33. This one we have, we're going to do all March Madness. We're going to do a March Madness preview. Titus is in the office. Cousin Sal is going to call in to talk about his crazy thing where he's risking his house against anyone who might do a perfect bracket. I can't believe he's doing this. I can't believe he's going to stay married. And then we have the ringers, Kevin O'Connor, to break down some of the NBA uh, potential of the best guys you're going to see in March Madness. It's all coming up right now, but first, Eddie Vedder. All right, we're taping this on a Tuesday afternoon, so if any, anything dramatic happens, don't blame us. Mark Titus is here from the ringer. The original Club Trillion. Club now Trillion. he's just Mark Titus. It's, it's like been, when a wrestler dumps their first nickname. Yeah. I remember the first time I came on with you, uh, I got a lot of crap for it. I was I was very bad. I didn't have my reps, as you like to say. Is that so, true? Yeah. I was you on took- with... Here's the name. You, you, there's no way you'll remember. A kid named Omar Sanhan who played at... Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Omar was my dude. At, he played at St. Mary's. I think we were both seniors in college at the same time. And he and I both came on like the same pod. Not together, but we were both on the BS report. And then the uh, the feedback was Omar, cool dude, like that guy, and I was like that Titus kid could do without him. So hopefully we do a little better this time. What <laughs> what was the feedback when you say there's feedback like on message boards? Was it there was, even Twitter it, back then? Twitter was, was back then, yeah, because this was like 2010. So I think I had a Twitter account. Um, I don't know. I was I was like 22 and I was trying to be funny, and I still get now I'm now I'm 30 and I'm trying to be I'm almost 30 and I'm trying to be funny. So you're not 30 yet. You like to keep yeah. adding years to your own life for some reason. So. We've known each other forever. Mm-hmm. I reached out to you. You were on Ohio State at the time. Yeah. And I fell in love with your blog. I thought it was a prank. I, I got an email from an AOL email address. And right. I was like, <laughs> and it signed, hey, this is Bill Simmons. I was like, can't possibly be. <laughs> yeah. By the way, you would still be getting an email from that AOL <laughs> right. address. And it's still you still have the same feeling. Uh, yeah. I, I like the blog. I sent it to Kimmel. Kimmel fell in love with it, yeah. and then we decided we had to reach out to you. So yeah. I reached out to you, and we started talking. 
Yeah, and here I am now. Yeah, you wrote a and book. We wrote we wrote a book. James yeah. Baby Doll Dixon helped James you Baby with the Doll. book gave offer. Me, gave me my my favorite all time story about Hollywood and just like the whole book process when he told me. Basically, no one will give a shit about this book, but I guess I'll do it anyway for right, you. Yeah. <laughs> Baby, nobody cares about college years basketball. Old and I, was like, I was like, hey, I want to write a book. And he's like, no, you don't. This is a terrible idea. And I was like, okay. I remember he, he ripped your book proposal to shreds yeah. and hurt oh, your yeah. feelings. And I had to intervene. Because, and, and it turned out... Baby knows nothing about book proposals yeah. or college basketball. He, he and baby me. was the wrong person to ask for advice on he that. He also, I was trying really, I was trying really hard to to be in the know and be smart about all this stuff. So he told me, like, hey, type up a book proposal and get it back to me. I was like, yeah, book proposal. Everyone knows what that is. And then I hung up the yeah. phone with him. I was like, what the fuck's a book proposal? Yeah. And well, I like, Google. How many paragraphs is this? Yeah, right. So. Well, yeah, that book, well. that book did really well. It went well, yeah. Yeah, I still yeah, see people, it occasionally in bookstores when. I stalk the sports section and see what books it, are in there. It, and plays, in there. it plays really well with like high school guys that are into sports and, and are forced to read. Like they have to do book reports. Right. And so they'll pick my book and they're like, it was awesome. And I'm like, I'm not really sure if that's the, the demographic I had in mind, but I'll take it. You and know, we should so. mention your, your, when you're in high school, who was the crew? We've done this before, but, but yeah. Reminder, uh, AU team was Odin, uh, Mike Conley, uh, Eric Gordon, Daquan Cook, and Josh McRoberts were our starting five. Wow, came so off they, the bench for that team. Yeah, that starting five probably made over three hundred million dollars in yeah. the NBA combined, right? And and ninety five percent of his mic. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Just this last summer. Um, yeah, Eric Gordon just won the three point contest. Daquan Cook won a three point contest, and I was the best shooter on the team. So there you, you ne- yeah, you never gave up on Eric Gordon. I never even, did. No. Even during his Pelicans he, dark moments, like he. You can correct me if I'm wrong because I did, I don't follow his career as closely as I do the college stuff, but like he had a lot of injuries, right? Like he was kind yeah. of, Dumb he's, sort, he's sort of a tragic story. It's just not like he didn't have the bad one. He didn't have like the blown out knees where you're like, Oh, he's definitely done. It's just a lot of lingering stuff. Right. Isn't yeah. That kind of the vibe with him. Yeah. he never, so, never anything that was debilitating like right. Chandler Parsons style or something right, like that, yeah. but always something that sent him back. The other thing that was fun with us was Evan Viller. Evan, Evan, Evan Turner, Turner was, yeah. uh, I would say a friend of me for you. Yeah, friend of me. Yeah, and definitely he, uh, more than a friend of me in the book. And and then he showed up on my Celtics. He showed up to the Celtics. Yeah, and I, I love getting the emails. Like, how should I feel about this guy? And, and yeah, as the season's progressing, they're like, I hate this guy. And then the, I love this guy. I think <laughs> I like him. No, I know <laughs> I like him. And he turned into a beloved Celtic last year. Yeah, and I I get a feeling that he's not beloved so much on his new no, team. No, it's too bad. But he's. But he got I, paid. I'll defend. I'll do something I've, I don't think I've ever done in my life and defend Evan. He has to. Have have the ball in his hands and the reason he was decent in boston is because brad stevens and thad mata are tight and yeah. so like stevens would call him on and be like hey what how do i use this guy and Thad's like very specifically here's what you have to do if you want yes. to be good and that's what they did and they put him in a position where he's good and like i'm not saying like nba teams shouldn't bend over backwards to accommodate evan turner but um, if you can find a way to kind of do that, he can he can still be good. So. Well, if you're going to spend seventy one million dollars on him, you might want yeah, to use him in the way yeah, that he's good at. Yeah, but he, he has a very specific skill set, and it's not what he's currently being used as. When so. Portland signed him, I thought that that meant that he was going to run the ball and they're going to yeah, run right. the guards off picks. Right. And it's right. the opposite. Right. The guards have the ball all the time, and he's kind of standing on the side, which we know doesn't work. It's too bad. Yeah. I think he'll find. I was actually hoping that he was going to be traded for Rudy Gay. And go to Sacramento and just be the guy who always has the ball yeah. on Boogie's team. But then that dream got dashed for a variety my of reasons. Favorite, I just thought about this, my Evan story. Um, so he got his jersey retired at Ohio State because he was the national player of the year. 
Um, and so they had a big ceremony for it. He came back during like the all-star break cause he didn't make the all-star team and, um, <laughs> a little shot at Evan. Uh, he, <laughs> uh, so they're doing it during the all-star break or something. I went to the ceremony and I was like, no bullshit. I'm going to support, support him. Like I, I've had like this kind of fake feud kind of, sometimes it was real, sometimes not. I was like, this is going to be the time where I just completely support the guy. Um, and I show up to this little, this pre-game ceremony for him. And I, I pull him off the side. And I'm like, hey, man, um, I just wanted to say, like, this is awesome. And, and I, I, I've always loved you. And I'm like, whether you think so or not, like, I'm really, really happy for you. And this is awesome. And I said, who would have ever thought when you were a freshman here that a few years later you'd be having your jersey retired? Because he had, like, it's like kind yeah. of a slow traditional start to college. Like, he was unheralded recruit. So I was expecting to be like, I know, man, it's been a wild ride. Instead, he's like, I did. Honestly, I did. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that was his response. And I was like, this dude, he's never changed. Yeah. I love him. God love him. That's why we love him. So I think that's yeah. why he turned out to be a belated, effective NBA player, though. Yeah, right. He's on Celtics he's, last year, and he's really thought he was the best guy in the team. He's still, I guarantee he's in Portland. Like, why am I not, like, the guy on this team? I don't yeah. understand it. I don't yeah. care how many points right. Lillard and McCollum right. are, are getting together. So, um, the tournament's coming. Yeah. And I would... You know, as as the diehard casual fan of college basketball right. who only really follows because of the draft prospects, things like that. It's so weird to me that for the second straight year, the best player in college basketball is not going to be in the it's tournament. Not be in the- Don't you think we should maybe like the 16 seed just gets to add or they have a lottery like, be awesome. like he could just show up on Vermont. That would be awesome for one game. But he can only play like 10 minutes. Well, that's the that's the big uh kind of when when college basketball fans get bored and they come up with like scenarios to talk about that's kind of what you're saying is they'd say like what would happen if we put lebron on you know like one of these mid-majors could they make the elite eight or something like that so yeah i'm all for that i think people would want to see that why not so you think lebron so lebron and four how about this lebron and four guys who played college basketball but didn't have more than a hundred minutes of game time. So me, you LeBron and, and four guys, like you me. LeBron and three other guys. Yeah. Is like a nine seed. We'd be pretty good. It'd have to, you'd have to find, I think the, the goal with that would be to find guys like me who have the reason we don't play is because we're bad at a lot of stuff, but like the things we're good at, we're very good at. Yeah. Like I can shoot really, really well. Everything else I'm awful at. Yeah. So if you got like a good shooter, like just a big guy who can rebound and stuff like that, I think we'd be good. Because there are a lot of guys like that. Like a lot of the walk-ons, that's what people people think walk-ons in college basketball are terrible. They're not. They're just not like diverse with their skills. They just right. have like one specific skill set. So Westbrook would be the most fun for this game. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And he would. Yeah, he would try to kill everybody. He'd try to kill everyone. Yeah. He'd. <laughs> nobody in college would have ever seen anything like right. it. But yeah, so not having Markel Fultz is a bummer. It is a bummer. But there's a lot of good college players that I, that I'm excited to see. I've really been impressed by Tatum, and I never want to like Duke guys, Tatum's but the guy's just a good scorer. He's a very good scorer. He's he's had an interesting season. Um, just kind of like at the beginning of the year, Grayson Allen was Duke's best player. Yeah, like he was the, he was preseason player of the year in college basketball. So he was the guy. Um, and then they start playing, and Luke Kennard starts becoming the guy who like. Is gonna be. I think he's gonna be a great NBA player as he's, well. He's a sleeper who's suddenly not becoming a yeah, sleeper because I right. think people can smell it. So Luke Kennard becomes the guy, and then Jason Tatum this whole time is like, well, when do I get to become the guy? Because I came here to be the guy. Yeah. And so he's kind of just done it himself and said like, I'm okay. You guys can try to do your thing. I'm gonna do mine. And and it's gotten to a point where it's it's un. Uh, you can't ignore like what he's what he's doing. So 
You know what's what's crazy about that? And then we're gonna go to Cousin Sal and come back to this. So you have the preseason player of the year. Yeah. And now he's the third best player on his own team. It's, and did not it's get insane. It, really didn't why, get injured or anything. And that's why people when when you wonder why the media loves Duke or like Duke's like the hot team and are they back and all this kind of stuff, it's because of what you just said. Like Duke has three guys that are future pros that you can just throw the ball to and be like, Hey, go get us a bucket and that's a rarity and, and none of them is so. Harry Giles. And none of them is Harry Giles, right. All right, Cousin Sal is on the line, but first let's talk about Sonos, our old friends. It's the wireless home sound system that fills your home with pulse-pounding sound, and it streams your favorite music to every single room of your house or your apartment, wherever you live. Position your speaker where you want it, plug it in, tap the app, stream anything you want to hear via Wi-Fi, and that's it. No wires, no tricky programming, no kidding. Control your music with one simple app on your phone or iPad or any other device, Fill your home with pure, immersive sound and use any and all of your favorite music services. You control everything from the choice of songs to the volume to the rooms. Play your music in any room or every room at once or play a different song in the living room, bedroom, bathroom, multiple bathrooms. Play the same track in every room. Do whatever you want. How can you have a party without Sonos? I don't understand. I really don't. I think you should get Sonos. Add your existing music services or discover something new. Go to Sonos.com right now. S-O-N-O-S.com. Sonos. Check it out. Here we go. Cousin Sal. Uh, Cousin Sal is on the line right now. Hi, Cousin Sal. What's happening? Who do we have here? I don't even know what's going on. Mark Titus is in the studio. We just told the story about when Baby Doll got his book proposal (laughs) And told him it was terrible and really hurt his feelings. And Mark Titus was like 22. He's like, this is terrible. You got to rewrite this. This is not a book proposal. Never, find a new career. This is not for you. So as I you expl- see, this is, why I don't, this is why I don't mind uh, padding the, the bill when we go out to a restaurant two, $3,000. Because how much did he make off that bill? Oh. If, it's, if it's even anything... Oh yeah, it's disgraceful. He did. He did well in the book, and not just that, but he proved that he didn't know anything about book proposals or college (laughs) basketball, which is which is he's a great guy to help out with the project. We were talking about uh, we were talking about Duke Sal, and just just can you work your magic and bet on Duke to win the title so we don't have to actually watch them work the title because you're on the worst gambling streak anyone's ever been on in the history of mankind. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I'm about to lose something even bigger, but. I like SMU. Have you guys talked about that? I think that's We've a nice not. six seed that could that could upset Duke. SMU could upset Duke. That's a good right. They're a scoring machine. Attractive. They're they're like thirty or forty to one to win this whole thing, and that would be my mid to long range uh, uh, prop pick. I think if I had so to go with one, we're just going to talk about that about uh, about long shot bets. SMU mm-hmm. thirty to one, by the way. But before we do, you have the longest shot bet anyone's ever done you told me about this i got frightened for you i told you not to do it i was scared i was scared for your marriage and your family and you did it anyway so tell the audience what you did uh right now you can go to cousin sal bets the house.com or si.com and fill out a bracket and if you uh if the winningest bracket gets twenty five thousand dollars but if you're able to fill out a perfect bracket you get to keep my house right Mm. You get That's fair you, enough, right? You, you literally get your house. You've bet your house yes. that nobody can have a perfect bracket. You are the yeah. same person who single-handedly won the presidential election. <laughs> you single-handedly inspired the Cavs to come back from a three-one deficit. Against you a seventy-three-win sing- team. Yeah, you, against seventy-three-win team. 
Uh, you're on the wrong side of the greatest Super Bowl comeback ever. Not even close. You're on that right. side. And then there was one other one. Well, if you want to count this, uh, oh, I La La, 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 La Land. Land. Yeah. <laughs> and you had La La yeah. Land. And they did win. And, and then, as did. it turns out, I just found out from your dad, you had Team USA in 1972 when they <laughs> thought they won the gold medal against the Russians. <laughs> you were one and a half years old, but you bet somebody in preschool and, and you lost that. So it's really it's an amazing a year. Yeah. I told him to keep his mouth shut uh, about that but yeah he had to, he had to make it public yeah i i uh yeah i tell people it's like 9.2 quintillion to one to fill out a perfect bracket but if it's gonna happen against anyone I, i'm your guy titus i forgot I, this is this is how crazy things are i forgot i had northern iowa over texas a&m up 12 with 48 seconds left and they lost the game in overtime oh yeah you remember that yeah, that was oh. last march that wasn't that that wasn't that long ago that was so. amazing yeah i remember yeah, so when we were had, we did the Grantland live a couple times yeah. in mm-hmm. 2012, 2013. And Sal's like, I just bet no buzzer beaters for yes. for day one or whatever. And it was, I think it was the first game there was a buzzer beater. Yeah. It was just immediately. <laughs> it was definitely the, the first, that first round of games. Yeah. And I'm yeah. doing it again this year. Wise ass. Minus 150, no, no buzzer no. beaters. I'm going with it. If there's any time left on the clock, if they inbound the ball, I'm still alive. Yeah, that's for the Thursday Friday game. What is fun about that bet? What is fun about betting <laughs> yeah, against well, a buzzer beater? I don't Titus, would, why would you what's cheer more for fun that? than a yeah, buzzer right. beater? Why would you cheer? I don't know. That's well, here's yourself. what's fun. I don't have to check uh, every game until there's like two and a half minutes left. So mm. if I'm on my phone or doing something else, that's nice. And a lot of these are at a at a you know, they're out of hand anyway that early on. But uh yeah, it's not really that fun. I don't know why I do it. I'm trying to think now. Well Sal is is your wife is she is she happy about this bet the house no. thing or no? Has she has she uh, has she reached out to your wife? I mean, she's furious with me. She wasn't talking to me yesterday, and then she made an announcement that she's just going to marry whoever. She's not leaving the house, and she'll just marry whoever. Uh, oh wow! Moves in. I had an yeah. Yeah. If you get a wife out of this. <laughs> she had exactly. that for the rules. Yeah. <laughs> a wife um, and a house. Yeah. Get to be a so. stepfather or a stepmother, <laughs> whatever, whatever you end up being. So exactly. exactly. Sal, you one talent you do have with gambling is mm. a spidey sense for when somebody is becoming a little too popular as yeah. a trendy pick. Are we sure they're as, doing? As the people like Corolla and Daniel and some of our friends, they start gravitating. Yeah. You know those people, right. Titus. Mm-hmm. Who, sure. who is that team this year? Who is the trendy, we have to stay away from that team because Corolla likes them team? Well, it's, it's weird. I know you talked enough about Duke, but it seems like an, an eight-loss team uh, is getting a lot of lot of heat for you know they're six to one they're favored to win this whole thing it's like all right they haven't put together six good games in all year i don't think i mean yeah. maybe there's a little run a few weeks ago but i know what you're looking for and i think it's mid tennessee state i think they're overvalued here i think they're giving like they started uh they were getting a point and a half and now they might be giving one and a half or two and they play against minnesota and i think richard patino has his, his team ready also, that's a, that's a close game. I think it's in Milwaukee. They'll have the fans in, uh, on their side. So what do you guys think of that? Titus yeah. made a face when you said Duke hadn't put together more than no, six I was, games. I, 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 it was, I was making a face about Duke being a favorite. Are they, are they the favorites? Well, they're the, yeah. they're the number two favorites? favorite right now. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So here, here it is right now. It's UNC is 6-1, to one, Duke 7-1, to one, Kansas 7-1, to one, Villanova 8-1, oh, okay. to one, Gonzaga's plus 850, Arizona 900. I don't get that at all. Kentucky 1100. Mm-hmm. UCLA twelve hundred, 
and then it goes a little higher up to Louisville. But like, you know, the the teams that have lottery picks and guys yeah. like that are Kentucky and Duke and UCLA, and that's usually when there's more than a couple on the same team. That's usually an indicator. Yeah, Duke's Duke's right. problem. They they have clearly the most talent. I don't even think it's worth debating that they have the most talent in the tournament. They're just not like a good team. They don't fit together well at all. And mm. and you, you've seen that all season when they they lose the teams they shouldn't. It's because they they don't have the chemistry. Like if this was a, if they were an NBA team, they'd be making tra- they'd trade one of their superstars, you know, and try to right. get some role, you know, get some pieces. Um, so and then the other thing with Duke coming back, like they're hot, like Sal said, they they won the ACC tournament and all that. But if you actually watch those games, they're down like 15 in the first half in all these games, and they have to scrap yeah. and claw their way to get back. It's not like they're steamrolling these teams by 20 and and playing really well. So that's going to be, and they don't have a point guard. They don't play great defense. Um, they just like the way they win is they overwhelm people with talent. They're like we have nine McDonald's All Americans and four future NBA players or whatever it is they have and. You don't, and so we're going to beat you, and that's how they do it. So. Hands everywhere, every play on defense, hands flying around, and they make their free throws, and that's usually how it happens, right? So you, you know, Tate hosts a podcast with Titus. You've you've dealt yeah. with Tate a lot. You know how much Tate hates Duke. Tate has this oh, yeah. irrational. I don't need. Might not even be totally rational. He's convinced that whenever Coach K doesn't like his team, he quits on the team and comes up with a fake reason to leave the season. <laughs> So when really? he had his back surgery, yeah. Tate, in all seriousness, like not with no irony at all, was like, "See, this is what he does. This is what he does when he doesn't like his team." Have you heard about his back since? Yeah, as Tate points That's out, true. not a lot of coverage of Coach K's back since this. Also, so now right. Coach K likes his team again. The other thing we should point out is that he he had the back surgery right after their first, or it wasn't their first loss, but it was like they it lost their first a, ACC. It was their first ACC yeah. loss. Uh, it was a bad loss. And that was when he was like, you know what? By the way, I do have this back thing, don't I? Yeah, that's I think what he I have decided. a herniated disc. <laughs> he never he never does this when they're rolling. And he's like, well, we're rolling, but unfortunately, I got to step away for back surgery. So the Duke resurgence combined with Duke beating UNC two times in a row and then winning the tournament. Tate's, yeah. I mean, you've seen good Tate. Tate's surly. Like, he's just yeah. I was just going to say, I didn't think guy. he had a mean-spirited bone in his body and this is what coach k is what brings it out of him and it's just duke it's when jj reddick was here and tate was just not friendly it was just flat out like not very friendly to jj reddick and at some point i brought up the unc duke thing and then jj reddick like thought i was kidding at first but then tate wasn't really joking yeah and he Mm -hmm. loved it and he started kind of fucking with tate about unc a little bit and it was great (laughs) i loved it it was the best yeah Uh. unc and duke is the number one rivalry, I think, in any sport. I think that's oh, the that's most great. hatred. I really do. I, I don't like Yankees Red Sox doesn't have the same hatred anymore well, since both sides I'll, won. I'll no, chime in and sure. say part of why Tate hates Duke so much is because Duke is clearly better. Like maybe Duke doesn't hate Carolina because they're better than Carolina. Well, now, you know yeah, it's I mean? like so a it's condescending. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, Duke's yeah, like, you guys. Oh is, oh, is there a rivalry? We didn't realize. Yeah. We're, we're too busy kicking your ass like to notice. The we, Yankee have, we have rivalries fans, with everybody. The yeah, Yankee fans did that to us for 100 years. Yeah, I hate that. Tate, Tate was also telling me the other day how he hates Northwestern because you guys work with uh, three or four people yeah, from Northwestern. Yeah. No. Become, three or four, it's like a hundred. Everybody. It's yeah. a whole staff. Yeah. Uh, Carolina wouldn't be able to face them until the Final Four. That's a shame. That would have been fun if, uh, if yeah. they got knocked off by, by <laughs> yeah. Northwestern. Tate's had uh, it with Northwestern. If, <laughs> if Chris Collins goes from Northwestern to Duke, Tate might just take him out in his automobile or something, just get rid of him. Yeah, That's I think... Great. I think this is all good for Duke haters because there's too much Duke 
title momentum right now. Is there? There's no college rivalry with that much hatred, other than I mean, they're number uh, the, one, right, Titus? Uh, they're as far as like a national scale. Yeah, they're number one. Uh, Kentucky, Louisville is kind oh, of that's up there. Yeah, up there. that's one A, one B. The one that like you guys don't want to talk about and don't care. I'm just gonna say it because the fans will kill me if I don't. Is Cincinnati Xavier? That is, I've seen. Yes. I, I've gone to a Cincinnati oh, Xavier yeah. game. And I saw like an old man with white hair put his hands on the neck of a 14-year-old boy because he was wearing the, a different colored shirt. And I'm not going to say which team was which, but yeah, like that guy, that was the most heated thing I'd ever seen. And But no one cares about it because they're not that great of teams. But. If you're the old man, please call in now if you're still alive. <laughs> if you're we need to know which team is our number. <laughs> UCLA and USC is a really good rivalry, and there's real disdain on both sides. But mm-hmm. not like at the no, not at no. the level of the other three schools. Like Kentucky and Louisville. If you told a Kentucky person, we can frame Rick Pitino for something, oh, yeah. and yeah. it probably won't get traced back to you, but there's a ninety percent chance it won't. Would you? Are you in? They'd be like, "I'm in." What do we and have to do? Part part of what makes people think Kentucky and Louisville is, is bigger is like there's the thing where they only play once a year because they're not in the same conference, but there's also no pro sports in Kentucky. Like those are the teams yeah, to those that's people. It. That's it. They don't like maybe Duke and Carolina fans agree. They like the Panthers or something, or they can, they can find common ground. No like Duke Kentucky, fans live in North Carolina. Uh, Kentucky, well, no Duke fans yeah. live in Carolina. Tate just said, Kentucky's Tate, getting well, agitated. Well, Titus, let me ask you this. So to yeah. that point, did the committee committee F with the algorithm a little and set up Kentucky, Northern Kentucky and Florida state, well, and Florida Gulf Coast, this, just to have a little something going. This in. isn't the answer you want, but it's the real answer is that, uh, they just base everything off of geography. So that's how you always get these matchups. Like if you get teams that are, they, they just try to put the teams closest to the cities that are, that are, they're closest to. So that's how, that's how Louisville and Kentucky always seem to end up playing like recently. Cause yeah, they're not in the same conference. There are rules about like not being in the same conference. They can't be in the same bracket that's mm-hmm. why that's why like duke and carolina sure. aren't but then kentucky and louisville can be because of that so it's it's, it's seems complicated but it's not but all right um, i like i like but, the conspiracy, but I, I like the conspiracy better, too but that's, okay. that's that's the answer we yeah. didn't want yeah so <laughs> now let me ask you this real quick i'm sorry simmons one of my great favorite bets are, uh, you could bet the conference wins over under yeah i saw acc okay. at 15 that's the almost oh i think God. that's the highest i've seen that's ridiculous wow. I think that's that's now <clears throat> i don't know that wake forest would count as a win I, I guess it, it should, does yeah. all count towards yeah. it, yeah. Uh, the play-in game. But you think it's a lot, but maybe it's possible. Maybe Carolina wins five games, maybe Duke wins three or four, and then you have to, have to get a couple from each the rest of the way. You would right? have to have Duke or Carolina have to make the finals for it to get to 15, right. I think. I'm just curious. Do you know what the Big Ten number is? Was it like one and a half? What do you, what do you, <laughs> let, me, let me look it up. <laughs> I'm surprised. Well, yeah, you're right. It is, no, it is one and a half, in fact. No, um, wow, they don't have uh, – they have oh Big Twelve. Big Twelve is nine and a half. Okay, Big Twelve. Is nine, okay. Big, Big East is eight. Pac Twelve is six and a half. And Big Ten's less than that. That's Pac- all they have. They, Pac twelve yeah, have the others. Pac twelve six and a half. Well, they got yeah. they got good teams. They got Arizona, three good teams. No, that seems low. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, Arizona and UNC, UCLA alone could get to six, right? Oregon will win one or two, right? Should. Wow, that seems so. Yeah. I I've watched a lot of Pac-12 this year because of Lonzo and just because it's on at night when I'm home. And mm-hmm. I thought, I thought UCLA, Oregon, and Arizona. I thought those were three really yeah. polished teams. You don't agree, Titus? And you get a free it's, one with USC. It's, yeah. it's. I mean, there's a reason a West Coast team hasn't won in 20 years. Oh That's, shit! There's a thing. Oh. <laughs> Some would say, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe they're soft. Maybe they're not. I don't know. 
Well, that's before that's, the Ball Brothers were driving $100,000 BMWs, even though one of us right. was in high school. What the hell is that? It Why is, do you admit that? It is interesting, though, because the, the Final Four is in Phoenix. So this is the, I think this is the, I don't remember the stat. I think this might be the first one since 95 that's out west. Um, so, yeah. yeah this six is, and a half might be is, the year to do it, like for a West Coast team to. Six and a half so is. So which conference, because they also have a couple of the conferences. Will an ACC team win the uh, tournament? Plus one fifty five is yes. Uh, will a Big East t- team win seven to one odds? That's probably not going to happen. Big twelve yeah. five to one, SEC eight to one, and Big Ten is sixteen to one. No, <laughs> and that over on I found is six and a half for Big Ten. So, yeah. So yeah. SEC is Kentucky, Kentucky and Florida and South Carolina. Yeah, that's Vanderbilt. Like it's it's basically if you're sense. betting on that, you're betting on Kentucky. Yeah, same, you just bet on Kentucky. Same with Big East. If you're betting on that, you're just betting on Villanova. Basically, Villanova. That's right. pretty much it. Um, Titus thinks Kentucky's going to win the whole thing. Really? I mean, if he had not, to bet, I'm I'm not sure if that's true, but it is true. But yeah, maybe. Well, you picked it in your what, pool. What do you mean what if, you, if, you, if you had to bet? He should have to bet. He Tate should I, absolutely have to he's bet. He's a terrible what better. Happened, Tate and I were filling out a bracket, and we were just kind of like going with it, and it just sort of happened. And we, we may or may not have been pandering to because we knew that Kentucky fans are the craziest, and if we just picked them, they would like us. But yeah, Kentucky. So I have this thing about guards and defense, and that's what matters in the tournament more so than like – that's why I don't trust UCLA's because it's a one-game thing. You can go cold. You lose. You're out. If it was best of seven, UCLA could adjust, you know, start hitting the next game, but that's not how it works. So Kentucky has, plays good defense when they're actually trying and playing defense and engaged and stuff. And then they got two guards that are going to be lottery picks, or should be. So, that is a tough two, though. You have Wichita a, State, yeah. potentially UCLA, and North Carolina before you even get they to do, the Final Four. They do have the hardest draw, though. They have the hardest draw in the tournament, for sure. The, yeah. the thing that I don't like about UCLA is, and I don't know how many times it's happened this year, but I've personally, personally witnessed it at least three times. They'll fall behind by like thirteen. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the, and and then they have to do this thing where they right. rally back. And I can't tell if it's because Steve Alford's just a terrible coach or what's going on. But it seems like they it takes them a while to find their rhythm. And if that happens in the tournament, you're in major it, trouble because the well, guys are super nervous. They're on right. TV, and then it you know it's it, not. Like it just home. happened in the the Pac-12 tournament when they lost to Arizona. They they shot like three for twenty or something for or I forget what it was. They were, they were really bad from the three point line. Um, and you know, like that, and and the Pac-12 tournament. I know you can roll your eyes and say like there's nothing to play for, but they actually were playing for seeds because yeah. one of those schools got to stay out west, which ended up being Arizona because they won it, and then Oregon and UCLA got sent to other regions. Um, so they were trying to, you know, that was like that was pretty much like an NCAA tournament game, and they went cold, and that's what happened. So, so Pac the Pac-12 six and a half sounds like a stay away. Yeah, because I I mean that's that's just a high variance type situation. Like of course any of those teams could. Arizona seems to be the best bet of those teams to me. Like Arizona could, especially yeah. with the the Final Four in That's Arizona. Boring. But yeah, the Big know. Ten. The Big Ten bet is that really one and a half? So the Big <laughs> Ten? No, no, I was no, kidding. Was, uh, what did I? What did I say? It was uh, Big Ten is six and a half? Also, what do you think of that the, one, Titus? Uh, Big Ten has a lot of teams in the tournament. That's what helps. Because it always seems like they win good. in round one, and then yeah. they then they get bounced. They have one. The problem is you don't them. you don't have perennial Michigan State. You know that that's yeah. not a lock. That's a pick them in the yeah. first game. So so what happened to Michigan State this year? They Izzo sold a soul. He's playing the one and done game, 
and he wasn't uh, ready for it. Yeah, he wasn't ready. Yeah. He thought like, I want a taste of that, and you're like, no, no you don't want a taste of that. That's, yeah, that's, that's like gonna... when Coach K someday he'll sell a soul and do. Oh wait, he's yeah. been doing it for ten years. <laughs> Pretend he's not. No, at Michigan State had a lot of injuries, so like their entire team is either injured or a freshman, and Izzo is like pulling his hair out. And oh, that's too bad. Yeah, so. Sal, what's your lock of uh, lock of the weekend other than losing your house? Uh, I actually am going with uh, Minnesota over Mid Tennessee State. Okay. And, uh, for the that's a Thursday game. For all the reasons I gave, I think uh, Mid Tennessee State is overvalued here. They they take care of business against the weaker squads, but uh, Minnesota's decent. I've seen them before. You should. And I think uh, I'm going North Carolina to win the whole thing. North Carolina is that a Tate Pander? No, I love you, cousin. So you're the best. Uh, no, Tate's I know. So happy, like he's almost in tears. <laughs> Tate, I think if there's ever been a one seed that's in, been undervalued, aside from the Gonzagas of the world that you know people don't latch on to, I think it's North Carolina. I really do. I think he played a little oh, possum against Duke. We'll I go back radar. to the who would we I go think back of that to the regular theory? season Pl- playing game. possum. Yeah, under the radar. Yes. Oh. Sal, does it bother you that Carolina has beaten one tournament team away from home, like since mm-hmm. Thanksgiving? You made that up. You mm. made that up. That's that, right. Tate, no, it doesn't I bother it me because it's, yeah. it's, it's fake. It's fake news, it's fake so news. it doesn't bother me. <laughs> it's yeah. fake news. Because I, I, I crunched the numbers. They're going to have to beat tournament teams away from home to win this thing. They're going to have to do yeah. that. What about... Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> what about, I got coaching here. I've been screwing with Tate about that. I'll, I'll, what about the defending <laughs> champs? I like Villanova. I would explain Villanova as the Cavs of college basketball, not just because they won it. But they but they seem to just be in this mode of where they like do just enough to get they're like all season they were just doing just enough to get a one seed. Yeah. Um they, they had a great record, so it wasn't like they were losing games they shouldn't, but uh they never really had like those moments of like, holy shit, Villanova, like this team's unstoppable. They're just kinda going about their business. Um so yeah, I mean I I, I like them. It's uh I I don't think they're as good as they were last year and that sort of is worrisome but Kansas is another one that's kind of everyone's yeah. boarded they they kind of peaked from an interest yeah. standpoint three weeks ago and now they're under the radar yeah they for- I think I could see Nevada Iowa State winner taking down Kansas oh Ooh, I see wow. that's what I mean wow. they, yeah. they remember yeah. that three weeks ago they were right. unbeatable yeah well can- Kansas yeah they they're sort of the same way they've had a ton of close games this year um mm-hmm. they, they they win them all which is you know it's better than losing them I guess but uh they're still in a lot of close games playing with fire um, four guard lineup for Bill Self. That's kind of new for him. Um, so we'll see. So, so yeah, Sal, you're gambler, gonna... I can't, I can't latch on to any of these darling teams like Rhode Island. I picked them three weeks ago. I had them on a money line parlay. They were like a 15 point favorite, and they scored 40 at home. It was disgraceful. <laughs> so I've been beaten up by almost everyone. So, so, so short term, you're going to parlay Minnesota in round one. I still call it round yeah, one, even it, though it's yeah, not round it, one. You parlay them with you sleeping in Jimmy's guest room for the next three months? (laughs) Listen, everyone, I want you to fill out a bracket because I'd rather have someone who who I know uh, take over the house and and my wife. Um, You know, could Greg Oden fill it out, Titus? That would be fun, right? (laughs) (laughs) Let him win. We're going to work on Greg Oden. All right, good luck, Sal. All right, I hope you don't lose your house. Okay, great. Uh, Wait, tell everyone where where to go again for it. Oh, go to uh, CousinSalBetsTheHouse.com or SI.com and fill out a bracket and win my house, please. I've been in it too long. Wait, you didn't tell us where Tony Romo's going. <laughs> I think it's Houston or bust. I think, uh, Houston or I Fox? Think everyone's, no, Houston or bust well, or retirement, I would say. I don't know. I, I, don't, I think everyone's effing with each other at this, time, at this point, and uh, I think they'll get a, a deal done. He can't be done. He can't be done going to keep going 
He could have the number two Fox, the John Lynch job or the studio job if he wanted it. Yeah. Move to LA and hang out with us. If, if that would be great too, but if if Jerry Jones has a heart attack and uh, passes away uh, while he's banging a, a, a Hooters waitress, does, <laughs> does, does Romo never get released? I don't know what what it says in the contract say, about that. Stays that's there forever. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, are you prepared right, for the? Going before I get out of oh yeah, go. All right, back. <laughs> All right, All right, we're bringing in Kevin O'Connor right now. But first, let's talk about propercloth.com. Every guy knows that it's hard to find a dress shirt that fits. Collar might be too tight. Sleeves might be too long. Shirt might be too loose. Well, guess what? I have some good news for you. Ordering a custom fit shirt has never been easier thanks to Proper Cloth. Create a custom shirt size in seconds by just answering 10 easy questions. No measuring required. Over 500 fabric styles to choose from. Everything from classic business to casual shirts. All high quality starting at just $85. Proper Cloth has hundreds of five-star reviews on Google and Yelp. It's the highest-rated custom shirt maker on Google. Find out why GQ calls them their favorite online custom shirt maker. Go to their easy-to-use website, make a custom profile, even order from your phone. And by the way, Proper Cloth guarantees a perfect fit. Remakes are free. The Proper Cloth team makes it super easy to do. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Look your best. Go to propercloth.com BS. And enter gift code BS. That happens to be my initials. But if you enter gift code BS, you save $20 on your first shirt. Again, propercloth.com slash BS. Gift code BS. All right, let's bring in Kevin O'Connor. All right, we're back. Don't ever forget Cousin Sal's always the best. So you want to talk about Gonzaga really quick? Well, yeah, I think Gonzaga's the best team in the country, which, like, I'm sure shocks you and anyone who doesn't really pay that much of attention. Um, they just, like, are the most complete team. They they lost one game at home, and it was a terrible matchup. And that Who'd they lose to? To BYU, who, like, just... Th- BYU has won... Is it three years in a row now, Tate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, three years in a row at Gonzaga. Um, it's just, like, one of those matchups that just, like, they just don't have an answer for. And um, Why don't they have an answer for it? Just the way they their style of play, BYU is just kind of up and down and bombs threes, and they make them because they're they're excited to be playing Gonzaga, and you know Gonzaga just they're also very sexually frustrated. Yeah, they're sexually frustrated. I mean, there's no sex on that campus. <laughs> so, but I think like a lot of pe- a lot people love to hate Gonzaga for some like the comparison I'd make for with WrestleMania season around the corner. Gonzaga is mm. like the Roman Reigns. Oh, of uh, college basketball, they're like being okay. they're being pushed to the top. People don't like it. You don't deserve your place up here. Um, so to that, I would say, like, I think they do deserve it. And um, I don't know. Like, pe- people look for reasons to hate them, and, and they lost a game, but it wasn't, you know, like, it wasn't good. damning for, for how they, they lost to me. So Well, I wonder during the same year that a black contestant made the final three in The Bachelor, if Gonzaga, <laughs> Gonzaga making yeah. the final four, that's always been, there's always been parallels between the, the two thing, runs. Yeah, Gonzaga, there's like this narrative that Gonzaga gets a one seed every year because they don't play anybody, and yeah. then they lose in the second round. And that's that's happened like once. It happened a few years ago when Wichita State beat them. But otherwise, they're they're actually not usually that good. They usually get like a six seed and then lose like when they're supposed to. They haven't been upset in eight years. So... Or they've been upset once. They've been upset once the, the Wichita State game in eight years. So um, yeah, I believe in Gonzaga. I, I don't necessarily think they're going to win it, but plus they're just, tested every year against those tough Australians those tough from St. Mary's. St. Mary's just gets they, the best of Australia every year. You're absolutely yeah. Straight St. Mary's has seven Australians on their team. I can't. And they're believe all it. they're it's all like great guys to hang <laughs> out with. Did you ever have an Australian Ohio State? We had a Serbian and a Greek, 
And I think that was it. The and ringer's Kevin O'Connor is on the phone. Yeah. Kevin O'Connor, what's your favorite? What's your favorite country for for uh, a basketball teammate? If you had to pick a country, <laughs> not America. <laughs> Gotta be Croatian. They're I think that's where I am too. I like the Croatians. Dario Saric. I yeah. take that guy on my team any day. They're tough. They seem like Croatia. good hangs. Yeah. They've been around good-looking women their whole life because Croatian women are so you know they they know how to act socially. Um. So you you Kevin does this draft guide that's really awesome mm-hmm. every year that I think he's going to do again and and with with the ringer, but he watches all these that's dudes. True. He is very good at picking potential. Titus is also good. You you approach it from different With ways. Different you're like yeah. two you're almost like two I don't know, sociologists that I'm, look at anthropology uh, differently yeah. but come to the similar conclusions, right? <laughs> I, I yeah I mean I'm definitely more concerned with what you're doing in college like now um which is yeah I wrote a piece for the ringer about Markel Fultz and I think like that was kind of my angle like hey everybody Markel Fultz isn't just gonna be good like he is really good right now and yeah. that was um so I'm I'm less interested in the guys that have a lot of potential and aren't that good right now whereas is, O'Connor and I look at it like yeah. it's like the real world leading into the the real world road roast challenge yeah it's the feeder system <laughs> to the bigger yeah. ecosystem. Although you're probably in the middle of those two worlds, O'Connor, because you love the college too. But this is, you would say, unquestionably the best class of, uh, I'm sorry, the best tournament class of talent that we've had this decade? Or was there another year that you like more? It's pretty damn good. I think it's probably the best one that I've done over the last three or four years. Um, I think it's disappointing that Smoltz isn't in it. But at the same time, we have almost everybody else except for Dennis Smith. Right, uh, mm-hmm. I think there's a, there's a lot of guys for us to watch this year. So we're missing Dennis Smith, mm-hmm. and we're missing the number one pick and maybe one of the best sure thing guards in the last five years. But other than that, we have everybody. <laughs> O'Connor, who's your favorite? I'm not saying who's going to get drafted the highest. I'm saying who's the one who won your heart this year? Uh, so coming into the year, I didn't love Lonzo Ball, but he completely won my heart over. I... I I have grown to get over his ugly shooting mechanics and just live with it. Granted, I still think it could be a problem in, at the next level. I think he's still better than I ever could have expected him to be as a shooter. And his passing, as as um, as everybody knows, is just outrageous. One of the best best passing uh, passing ability we've seen. High basketball IQ. Lots of balls ridiculous as a passer. You know, Titus is down on all West Coast teams because he's in the Midwest and they just look down on West Coast basketball. They're soft. But I will say this about Lonzo, and this is like the rarest point you can get to as a basketball player, and the fact that he did it during the course of a college season is amazing to me. He, The way he plays is contagious, and I really think like by by the from what I saw, by the end of the, of the season – all those UCLA guys were looking to make the extra yeah. pass or be cool and very unselfish. And it's just, it's because of the way he plays. And as you know, Titus, when you're playing with somebody like that every oh, yeah. day in practice, you just start kind of emulating what he does. And I, I think that speaks a I lot mean, to UC- who he is. Yeah, UCLA was not a good team last year. And they added him and TJ Leaf is really good too. Um, and he shouldn't be discounted. But yeah, it's not like they made... You know, like they got rid of a lot of guys and brought in a new class and all that kind of stuff. They basically added like two guys to a not good team and they com- completely turned them into one of the best teams in the country. So. Like Bird and Magic, the, you know, the two best passers of our lifetimes. Um, 
I guess my lifetime. You weren't. You guys. Well, you guys. You got the tail end. I, I saw Bird Magic. Yeah. But like Mikhail would make good passes with Larry Bird. That guy was yeah. a black hole. And yeah. you know, like on the Lakers, you got guys like Worthy and Kareem. Like those guys would make. You, you, when you're around that oh, yeah. three hours a day, your just mind starts drifting toward it. And well, I can't. I never thought that would work in college, but he, it worked. Lonzo Ball made Bryce Alford fun. And which is impossible. Yeah. yeah. Like he's his coach's son that was shooting 30 times a game on a, on shitty teams. And you know, like didn't re- And then now like Bryce Alford is, is fun to watch. And, and you know, so that's, yeah. It's like if the Celtics get Lonzo, if they have a chance to pick Lonzo or Fultz, both of them are so fascinating with the team. The Celtics already have both of them, I think could play with Isaiah. And I think they would bring totally different things to the table, but um, Tatum, on Duke is somebody that's really kind of emerged slash evolved over the last few weeks. And O'Connor, you compared him to Danny Granger and a couple other people, but I really like the Danny Granger comparison. Danny Granger was great before he got hurt. He was 25, 26 a night. Do you think Tatum could be 25, 26 a night in the NBA? Yeah, I think he could be. And I think, you know, over the past two, three weeks or so, we've definitely seen that at the beginning of the year with Tatum, I mean, he was injured at the start of the season. He had to integrate himself into Duke's system. It's not like they made him made him the guy right away. He kind of had to find his own way. And I think with that first impression, he kind of soured in a lot of people's, people's eyes. But at this point, I'm kind of just forgetting about that just because of the circumstances he had to deal with. And, and I think the guy we're seeing now is kind of actually who he is. Who he is. And will he carry that on through the tournament? We'll see. I just see a guy like with Granger – he can create his shot in any way he can. I think Granger developed. Granger was a great shooter in the NBA, but if you look at his early college numbers, he wasn't a great shooter then either. And Tatum has a ways to go, but I think his shooting is easily projectable. What about my dude Malik Monk? Are you still as high on him, Bill? <laughs> yeah, I I am convinced that we talked. You talked about how Duke had a team that, although they had the wrong pieces, but a lot yeah. of talent, and it didn't quite fit together. I just want to see Malik Monk with the ball, and, and I know, I know uh, Fox played well in the tournament, and Fox I, is very good. I get it. He's very good. I get it. I He's left-handed too. Don't you love left-handers? I do. <laughs> I I also like point guards that can shoot, That's and I'm true. not convinced he can true. shoot. He, yeah, he can't really shoot. When I watch Monk, I just feel like he'd be unstoppable if you revolve the offense around him, and I I know we'll probably see it at the next level in some form, but. There's been there's been halves that he had this season that rank way 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 up there. You're talking like thirty points and a half. Like that doesn't happen in college. I'll step in and say you haven't seen every half of his though. And no, he's also he had disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, he does. So I've seen it. And it's not it is not Calipari's fault or Fox's fault. It's it's Monk's fault. And 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 my other concern with him is when he's not making shots, he kind of shuts down on every other facet of, of the game. He just, gets stand-in-the-corneritis. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed. But, I, I was on yeah, the SEC I'll, network watching them play <laughs> shitty teams, kind of hoping he'd get hot. Where do you stand, O'Connor? I mean, I'm with Titus in the sense that when he's not scoring, what else does he, what else does he do for you? But yeah. at the same time, to kind of play devil's advocate to that, you could have said the same thing about Devin Booker in college, too, because he didn't run any points. So if Monk wasn't with Fox, maybe when he wasn't scoring, he would be taking on more of that playmaking role. I think I think he does have more of that ability than he's actually shown because as we've seen with a lot of Kentucky guys, 
they don't always get the opportunity because there's so many good players on those teams. Fox is the point guard, so Monk isn't going to have the opportunity to do that. I think it's there for him. But at the same time, to, to that point, I still do have questions about what else he does when he's not scoring from the outside because he doesn't make it up on the defensive end either. Well, we live in an NBA world where Houston is going to average 43s a game this season. And I think there's like eight or nine other teams that are averaging 30. I know he can do that. Not to mention the heat check part of it. I, it'll be interesting to see where he goes because, you know, as we said, this draft's loaded and Tatum versus Jackson is going to be the three or four spot, right? Who do you, you like Jackson a little bit more, right? I like, I like Jackson. I, I, I like them both. I, it's, it's hard. I, I like Tatum actually probably more as a college guy. I think I like Jackson. Jackson seems more versatile to me, but again, this is like going back to like how I watch the, the sport. Right. Like to, it's not, I'm not, I know really I'm, I'm tainting, I'm tainting yeah. your love right now. I, I don't really project to, to the league, but like Jackson, the reason I like Jackson more if I do, which I'm, I'm starting to kind of love Tatum, how he's been playing is just the Jackson sort of changed completely how Kansas plays. Um, he's, he's made Bill Self go to four guard lineup, which is just crazy to hear myself say that out loud. Cause Bill yeah. Self is just like his old school, uh, inside outside coach. So, um, the fact that Jackson's guarding big dudes and then bring stepping out and hitting threes and slashing and all that kind of stuff like that, Stands out. He's got a he's got a weird looking jump shot too, though. Well, let me ask you the is, important question: Since you played basketball your entire life, who would you rather play with? Definitely you're, Jackson. You're in definitely Jackson. Who would you but, rather play with, Monk or Fox? Oh, Monk, because I because I get Monk. I feel like Monk is like better, like a much better version of what I am as a player. So I get him. I would totally understand. Like <laughs> like he'd, he'd hit a couple, and I'd be like, okay, we have to get this man the ball. Yeah, that's, just, that's my pet peeve. When you're when you hit when you're playing pickup and a dude's hit like two or three in a row and he doesn't shoot it the next time down, you should never be able to play in those games again. Like whoever organizes the game should kick your ass out. I was at my son's nine year old basketball game. He they were in the semifinals and then they lost in the finals. And there's this kid on his team who just got hot. And it's <laughs> it's funny how the heat check can happen at oh, yeah. any level. And this kid got hot and he made like eight straight baskets over the course of like five minutes and I just screamed out heat check <laughs> and everybody thought I was an insane person nobody got it it went over the heads of all the California moms yeah. they're like why is this person yelling heat check uh Kevin who do you like more Tatum or Jackson uh I'm kind of Tatum slightly over Jackson right now but in, in many ways it's a coin flip and largely yeah. dependent on the situation uh I think I think Tatum has higher potential as a go-to scorer but at the same time Jackson has shown flashes. Like he can, he can pull off step back jumpers and create space for himself. I just think, I just see Tatum as the better shooter, and and that's a big thing for me. I, I like both of them a lot, though. Like they're three, four, four, five, definitely in the top five for me. I think I could also see Tatum being good and Coach K taking like an inordinate amount of credit for it. And yeah. you know, when he's on the Olympic team, Coach K, who will never leave the Olympic team, like I knew with Jason during the. Three weeks I coached him when I didn't have back surgery. He's gonna he's gonna leave the Olympic team if they lose a game in pool play. Then it's time for <laughs> it's time for another back surgery. <laughs> who's your who's your most underrated player? <laughs> that was funny. Who is your most underrated player in the uh, in the tournament? Who's going to become more of a household name for casual college basketball fans who love the NBA and are are scouting basically right now? Does this need to be a guy on a team that's going to make a run, or can they lose? In the first round, yeah. I give me give me both. 
Okay, a guy who's going to lose in the first round, Justin Patton from Creighton. Mm -hmm. I like him a lot, especially in a year without a lot of big men. He hasn't shot a lot of threes, but he has some touch from outside. He's explosive at the rim, so I think you put him in like a four-out offense and let him be a rim runner. He can do that. He's super raw defensively, but he's shown a lot of flashes on that end. I think I think he's going to really, really impress people. And then really, with a team that might make a run, um, maybe maybe Miles Bridges if Michigan State wins a game or two. I, I think because he's such a highlight reel waiting to happen with his dunks, but he also does more than that. Like he's he's a way better shooter than I ever expected him to be. I don't know if they've tweaked his mechanics this year, but he's not a great shooter, but. He's definitely above average, at least. I, I think I think he's a guy that could really maybe rise up from the late lottery into the mid-lottery range if, if Michigan State makes a run, which I don't, I'm not quite sure if they will, but I wouldn't rule them out at all. And Luke Kennard's already surging, right? Oh, Luke's, Luke's awesome, yeah. Okay. I, I have him, like, ranked 14th, so I kind of I think he's, like, late 20s in a lot of people's eyes, but I think... I think that guy's awesome. I, I, his ability to score from each level, he's developed his handle. I think he can run a little bit of combo guard in the NBA, and I, I don't see I don't see him failing at all, despite his lack of athleticism. Tate Tate just said that he's going to go back to Duke next year because he's a coward, and that's what Duke people do. They're just all cowards. He's going to stay there five. He's going to stay there five years. Oh no, he's now he's saying Coach K won't let him go. Uh, he never does. Why do you think Grayson's there? Coach K, yeah. He's going to guilt trip him can this I, day. Can I answer that? Yeah. Because I, I also want to bring up a name that I'm just curious to talk to NBA people about is uh, Caleb Swanigan. Oh, who, at you, Purdue, know, you know I like this guy. He, um, Part of the reason he's going to, I think, it, people who watch college basketball obviously know who he is. He's, he's one of the two or three best players in the country yes. this year. Uh, okay. But if you don't and you start watching the tournament, the matchups that Purdue has – lined up for them where they'll play Vermont in the first round and then probably Iowa State and then maybe Kansas in the Sweet 16 like that all those teams do not have a guy that have they have zero answer for Swanigan and that doesn't mean Purdue's gonna like win these games or whatever because they have a lot of flaws themselves but like it's set up for Swanigan to just have like 2020 nights every single night in the tournament and if they go on a run there are gonna be a lot of people getting excited about him but beyond that like I know what his flaws are but I'm just curious like what his because I think coming into the season he wasn't even on anybody's and if he was, he was like a late second rounder. But now he's kind of becoming like I think he's a first rounder, right? Oh, Maybe. definitely. What What do you think, KSC? I, I don't know if he's a first rounder, but he's close. Really? And, and like I, one thing, one thing that I've had a hard time, you know, kind of getting over was at the M NBA Combine scrimmages last year. He looked really, really bad. Like, like it was a wake-up call for him. And I think, in a sense, maybe that's why he's taken such a leap as a player. His body's better. He looks like he's playing more intensely. He's polished his, his already good skills. So I definitely think he's an NBA player. Uh, I, I still I still don't view him as like a mid-first-round pick, maybe a late-first-round pick. Yeah. I, I do like him quite a lot, though, especially after after last year's nightmare at the Combine. The jump he's yeah. made has been really impressive. He's he's terrible defensively. Yeah, uh, I was going to – we were yeah. talking about it last night. Yeah. I was saying if he's, if he's playing the five on an NBA team, all they're going to do is try to get him in a screen and roll where he has to go with yeah. the other guy, and now all of a sudden he's got to guard a point but guard. But I also feel like I should mention he's not terrible defensively in the way that a lot of guys that are terrible defensively are bad. Like, he tries really hard. Right. He's got a great work ethic. He's just not, like, the foot speed and the and that sort of stuff. Um, so hey, hey, that's, hey. that's a start for a lot of guys, though, having that work ethic. Like, yeah. they, they can get by as long as they're working hard and hitting their rotations. 
if the Celtics, if they have any pick with between like 27 and 37 with whatever happens with this draft and they don't take him, I'm going to get really upset. Because that guy's an NBA a, player. Yeah. Like It's like Harrell on the Rockets now. But in Louisville, it's like, I know what that guy is. He's an yeah. energy rebounder. That guy's going to go in the NBA and he's going to be an energy rebounder who dunks alley-oops every once in a while. I know what Swanigan is. Like he's gonna come in, you'll be able to throw him the ball in your second unit, and yeah. he could be like Enos Cantor for five minutes. Just get a couple baskets, yeah, I, I he'll kill you defensively, and that's fine. Harold's way more explosive though than, than yeah. Oh no, I'm I'm, like, I'm sa- No, no, I'm not rocket. I'm not comparing them as players. I'm just saying like oh, okay. there's certain guys where you you just look at them and you yeah, go, yeah, Oh, I know yeah. what that guy is. Yeah. Like could Swanigan be like taller Carl Landry for three years as a pro? Like, yeah. yeah, of course he can. Yeah, I'd be shocked if Swanigan doesn't have a long pro career. It's just a matter of like how good And he plays for like six teams. Yeah, 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 right. But he's just banging just around. Like he has yeah. a couple moments. Like, oh, that guy yeah. from Purdue, I yeah. like that guy. But, yeah. you know, if you're picking 28th, it's the kind of guy like the Spurs would take. And yeah, everybody right. would go, oh, of course. They know exactly what to yeah. do with him. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Uh, hey, hey Titus. Yeah. What's your take on Evans on Oklahoma State? Um, I haven't watched a ton of them because their their team is not that great because they don't play any defense. But um, I I like what I see. <laughs> I mean, the guys, the guy scores and passes as well, and like all that kind of stuff. He's he's I, I Tate and I just did a podcast earlier today, and I called him the best point guard in the country that never makes the best point guard in the country list. Like he's the Ooh. if that makes any sense to anybody listening. Um, yeah, I really like him. That's gonna be that's gonna be a great. By the way, for all the casual fans listening, um, that first round game of Michigan and Oklahoma State is the first round game to watch. That is gonna be awesome with with Evans versus Derek Walton and just those two teams get up and down and score a lot and all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, I I don't know. Like I haven't, I can't answer that like you want me to. I guess because I don't I I haven't really picked apart Oklahoma State that much. So on Draft Express right now, they have. De'Aaron Fox as as uh, as the fifth pick over Dennis Smith. Ooh, we have not done a ringer. Ooh. When's our next ringer mock draft? Is that coming up soon? Koc. I think we're supposed to do a big board either this Friday or next Friday. All right. Who's the Who's the guy that that seems high for a point guard that can't shoot? I know he's an incredible athlete, but there's so many point guards in the NBA. It's much harder to find somebody like Markkinen than it is to find a Fox. I'm just curious, O'Connor, who's the guy that you're like high on and no one else is, and you're just like, screw it, I'm going to my grave saying this guy's good? It, it might be Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard? <laughs> I have him ranked like 13, I'm, I'm right 13, there with you. 13th or 14th, and like everybody has him like late 20s. And yeah. I'm like, dude, he's like a borderline lottery pick at least. He's yeah. so skilled. So it might be him. Yeah. But you guys, you guys both think like, John Collins and Justin Patton are like 15 and 16 on these mock drafts. Like in other years, those are top 10 picks, right? I would think so. Yeah. KOC. I I think so because the top is so stacked. Like there's, there's like nine guys who you can make a case for that are, that are deserving to be in the top four or five. And meanwhile, poor Ivan Ivan Rob could have come out last year. It would have been like the 13th, Somewhere between 10 and 13, I think. And now he's in the 20s. Because the longer you stay in college, the more they just stare at you yeah. and go, eh, What's wrong with well, you? Yeah. Ah, I didn't like that game. And they just pick you apart. You're almost better doing the Kyrie Irving think, and playing the, 10 games. Who is the best guy that came back and actually improved his stock? It's, it's like, not Grayson Allen. Yeah, not Grayson Allen. Hey, no, it's, 
Like a guy who was, who was like maybe lottery or fringe lottery and was like, you know what? I'm going to come back so I can be top 10 lock or top five. And then doesn't actually, work. that doesn't, that doesn't I mean, happen. Does allegedly it? they stay for the education. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know uh, how that's going to work out for them. But KOC, do you have a pick for us? For for the uh, for the for, tournament, uh, is there a team you feel strongly about, or are you uh, just looking at players uh, only? Yeah, I, I'm all about Duke this year. Sorry, Tate. I, I, <laughs> wow, Duke's my team. I think they can beat you in so many different ways. Oh man, I think Tatum's on a roll right now. I think Kennard's gonna stay hot. I, I think Grayson Allen's a little bit better than he's been this year. I'm I'm going with Duke. So here's the, here's the thing with <laughs> Kentucky, if. I, the Fox thing, if he just gets hot. Yeah. And now he's like, he's the alpha dog in that team. But Monk is now positioned as this totally overqualified number two who at any time can get in a heat check or if things go wrong, he can take over for a half. That's a pretty enticing combo for to for college. The thing about Monk, he's not gonna not get his. Like he's not. It's not yeah, like yeah. Fox is gonna be the guy and Monk's gonna be like, okay, you be the guy. Like he's still gonna get his up. And so he's, you know, if, if the scenario you're saying plays out, yeah, Kentucky is is nuts. You know why I'm not picking Kentucky though? Is that because Coach Cal's a terrible game coach? <laughs> he is. Kentucky basketball, uh, Matt Jones, everybody. You know I love you guys. You know I, I support Bookie to the death. Cal Perry's not a good game coach. He's just not. Nobody's ever been like, wow, Cal Perry <laughs> pulled all the strings in that one. They were losing it. They, like Cal Perry versus like Brad Stevens during the Butler era would have been one of the biggest mismatches of all time. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to nod my head. And it, again, like Kentucky fans. Um, it's fine. He's a great yeah. recruiter. Yeah. It's, he's awesome. As a game coach, he's really, really, really spotty. He just is. What was the year... What was the final they when they made the finals that one year? It was one of the years where the guys were underneath the court, which I always hate when they have Oh the raised court and that yeah. the raised court and the guys are sitting underneath and it was like I honestly felt like he panicked in the last five minutes. Like he gets this uh, look on his face. They lost the twenty fourteen title game to UConn. Who was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. UConn beat him. That that's what it was. He got out coached by Kevin Ollie, which is all that He got yeah. out coached by Kevin Ollie. <laughs> And he had a look on his face of like, like he was kind of overwhelmed by the moment. And yeah. I, the thing I've noticed with him, and maybe this will fade as he gets older, but in moments of real adversity, he looks yeah. he looks tense. Like he doesn't look like I'm the calm guy. Like he actually like the pressure. You can see it. And I wonder. I always wonder if that transfers to his players. In Cal's defense, Titus is terrified right now. I'm not terrified. You I'm don't want to mess with I'm the trying Kentucky to figure out people. the best way to. I'm saying in Cal's defense, he's not trying to win games. He's trying to get guys of the league. That's his. He's trying to. He's trying to 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 be a media mogul and get his guys to the league. That's all he's. In the he's coaching, doing. he should he should he should run more pick and roll then. Yeah, that's the part. I mean, you have well, Bam and you have two guards who get to the room whenever the, I want. I can't even believe they have an offense. I would just run pick and roll the entire time. Yeah. The worst to me was the 2015 team that was undefeated, and they he was doing the platoon thing all season, and yeah, just oh, the the terrible. hubris with that, where he's just like, no, we're, we're going to do this, it's going to work, I'm going to show you, and yeah. they they play Wisconsin, and uh, in the Final Four, and he still had that attitude of just like, no, like Wisconsin needs to adjust to me, my team's undefeated, and I was like, Wisconsin's pretty damn good, you should probably adjust to them. He's like, yeah. no, I don't need to do that, I'm just going to do my thing, and then they lost, and yeah, that was. That was awful. Well, so. before the Kentucky fans get mad, I just want to point out that Rick Pitino is probably my number one least favorite person in sports. 
It's either him or Roger Clements. You'd play for Rick Pitino. I though. can't stand Rick Pitino. I would never do anything for Rick Pitino. I wouldn't loan him my his my last five dollars if he needed it. Just one recruiting trip, you play you play for him. No way, no way. That guy destroyed the Celtics. I will never forget. Oh, that's him. true. Yeah, he traded Chauncey Billups after there's fifty a, games. He was a that, yeah. snake oil salesman. I remember this. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god, and his team hated him. And yeah, he's I, bad. And he came and he, with all this bullshit and he gave this big lecture about. Oh, you, Bird and Mikhail and Parrish aren't walking through that door. I was like, "Fuck you, dude!" You know, you I know, hate Patino's, that guy. You know, Patino's bad because you can make fun of him all you want and call him a sleaze ball and stuff. And Louisville fans are just like, "Yeah, yeah, you're probably right, but he wins games. We like him, all right." Like, the, I hate yeah, Patino. Really, they don't defend him. <laughs> I don't really hate anybody. I'm talking like sports hate. I sports hate Patino so much that I also root against his son, and I'm going to be rooting yeah, against him in yeah, round one. Yeah. Like anybody related to him, I root against. <laughs> yeah. I just can't stand that guy. So anyway, I'm I'm pro Kentucky. I just I, I've never really watched Kentucky and have been impressed by the coaching. But as we talked about earlier, it's not like there's a lot of rocket science coaches, no. scientist coaches. Coach, that's one of the things I'd say that NBA fans kind of overvalue or overemphasize when watching college basketball. That like these guys are great coaches and these guys aren't, and like that's definitely yeah. a thing. Like there are good coaches and bad coaches, but it's not like. Yeah, coaches very rarely win games in college basketball by being just like so much smarter than the other guy. Or and they, then they there's can Brad lose Stevens. Games. Coaches can lose games in college True. basketball, but they very rarely are like, yeah. And then there's Brad Stevens. Uh, you would have thing. Brad Stevens. You you would have been a second round draft pick if you played for oh, Brad yeah. Stevens. Found a way. <laughs> he would have been like, listen, this is what Titus does well. Let's just get him off screens. It's gonna go great. Yeah. All right, KOC, in, uh, enjoy the tournament. I'm, I look forward to reading your uh, your next ringer, big board. What is it? What are we up to? Four point Something like that. Five point next. Five point All right. Did you get nailed by the blizzard? By the way. Uh, it wasn't as bad as anybody I think expected it to be, but I mean, it's still a pain in the ass. Oh, it's not so bad. So is the John Calipari blizzards? <laughs> it's a lot of fuss, and it turned out in the, in the huge moment, it didn't totally come through. All right. Uh, thanks, KFC. Pretty much. Hey, thanks, guys. All right, Titus, parting shots? Yeah, parting shots. Uh, Duke, hot team, most talented team, team everyone's going to pick. Uh, Carolina's kind of like the uh, – Carolina's the pick that everyone's going to make that they think they're smarter than – like because everyone's going to do Duke, so the people that are like, actually, I know what to do here. I'm going to do Carolina. Hmm. That's kind of the pick. I would say Gonzaga is better than probably every single person listening to this thinks they are. I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm not saying they're going to the Final Four. I'm just saying Gonzaga is actually very good. Um, if there's a one seed I don't really trust, it would probably be Kansas. Um, yeah, I really like Louisville. Louisville's a good team. I like Kentucky. Kentucky's a good team. So some of those, yeah. But guard, guards and defense, that's my parting shot. If you're looking for a champion, look at guards and defense. And on the uh, Teed Up podcast on Ringer University, you guys are going to be going with little micropods. Yeah, every, at the end of each night, right? You're night, in yeah. LA. That's why you're here. here. That's why I'm here. I yeah. came out here. To a little miss, time zone difference helps yeah. out. To miss it, yeah, we're excited to miss the, the weather and yeah. The games, uh, see, when I when I was in college, way yeah. back when in the '80s and early '90s, they always had the late late game. That was freaking awesome. The it was like the West Coast. It started at like 11 at night or 10. You know. Yeah. And so you'd have to stay up for it. But in college, it was the best because there was some right, game on right. at like one thirty yeah. in the morning. Um, they don't really do that as much anymore. I think the latest, what's the latest the games go here, Tate? Like, uh, it's like yeah. nine o'clock here. Yeah, yeah nine, you know, yeah, nine, nine here. 
hey, yeah. one thing one thing we do need to talk about before I go, Gus Johnson. Yeah. Just like just general ideas, general thoughts. Like, do we we so I, I put this together. You'll appreciate this that. The last big Gus Johnson March Madness moment we got was Isaiah Thomas hitting the shot to beat Arizona in the Pac-12, Pac-10 back then tournament. Yeah, we I don't know if you remember it. Uh, like the game was tied, and Gus Gus may have known that that was his last call because he was like he didn't well, he wait for the shot out. to go in. It was like yeah. twenty seconds. Yeah, Isaiah <laughs> has the ball. Here we go. And he just yeah. did that the whole time, and then he hit the shot, and that was that was. What year was that, Tate? 2011? Yeah, yeah, 2011. So it's been six years. Um, I it's, don't know. I remember it's, watching it's that game and being super excited it's about shame, it so. and then being in disbelief when he dropped to number 60 in the draft. But I don't know what we do with Gus Johnson. Yeah. I know that America wants him. We want him. I I know if that if there was a sports czar, the sports czar, like the main things he would, he'd try to fix college sports. He'd try to fix taxpayers paying for stadiums. He'd try to fix boxing. But like on like a Thursday in July when things kind of calm yeah. down, he turned yeah. his attention to Gus Just Johnson, Johnson for yeah. one day. And be like, all right, how do we fix this? Right? Can we just That's can it. you loan him over for two weeks? There's no gotta, there's no practical reason why CBS can't just use him for two weeks. They're using all Jim, these. It's Jim Nance. He it's the yeah. Jim Nance didn't like him. Jim Nance didn't like that Gus was better than him. That's what it was. That's that is a fascinating theory my, that I'm so jealous yeah. I never thought of. Yeah. Jim so you Nance think Jim Nance whacked him? Yeah. Gus Johnson was a rising star, and Jim Nance said, no, I'm the guy. This is this is Jim Nance season. It's We got the Masters. We got the AFC Championship, sometimes the Super Bowl. We, then we got so you the think like March Madness. And the, yeah, that's like this is Jim Nance's from July to April. It's Jim Nance time. <laughs> So you think he's at like his kid's birthday party and some parent comes up to him and be like, hey, man, I love that Gus Johnson. Yeah. And Jim Nance is like, what a moment. What a bad moment for me. And then just took it personally. I could I could see that. I like that's, that theory. That's my yeah. So we got to find a so way. So Nance is like, either he goes or I go. Yeah. Right. But the mistake was they should have kept Gus Johnson. Absolutely. But Nance has got the Masters to do, the football to do with Phil Sims. They, they provide a lot of great commentary on that together, as we know. Um, Can I throw out... <laughs> can, can i throw out uh he's not gus johnson yeah i'm not putting them in the same sentence it would be like comparing tom chambers to larry bird but i do think harlan is good harlan's very good. i like harlan's having harlan very, very on these college games and i feel he's like awesome. gus's corner is represented at least it's almost it's not the same harlan's so good it almost it's almost bad because then you, it reminds you that he's not gus right you're like he's he's great and then you're like oh but he's not that one guy that was yeah but harlan's great harlan's the thing great. that gus has even when he does the games now occasionally it's just like you want the game to be yeah you want it to be tight with 30 seconds it's, left and as you said like his voice will start 20 <laughs> seconds to go and he's he's already ready to shoot his wide. He can't it's, wait. It's so amazing if you go back and look at like if just if you think of a NCAA tournament moment that was awesome. Like this just happened to me the other day. We were prepping for our podcast talking about Vermont, who's back in the tournament, and they beat Syracuse in 05 on an insane Remember on three that. Yeah. And so we're like going back trying to relive the moment, and it's always Gus Johnson calling yeah. it. No matter what the moment is, it always seems to be Gus. He's like so, a magnet. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Now you made me sad. I know. I didn't mean to do that. I just wanted to. I wanted to get that out there. I don't want people to forget about Gus. We need to keep this going. Where we're trying to get Gus. Let's back. Let's make this our corner after yeah, this the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we can bring him we back. Find a way to do it. So, so the Tita podcast is on our Ring University podcast feed, and you guys will be on there with these little micropods every uh, every day throughout the thing. We've already put up some good stuff on there too. Yeah. So if you want to catch up, sixty eight teams in sixty eight minutes. Yeah, you guys we did that, did that today. One? We did a little scouting report. All yeah. sixty eight teams. If you so want a little one man scouting out. report for that, and then you're also writing for the Ringer too. 
I'm doing that. Yeah. What'd you, you write this week? You did a little tournament. Just did a little bracket reaction. Okay. Little teams that got screwed, teams that didn't. All right. Mark Titus. So. Good yeah, to have you fun. in person. We did it. I'm sorry the baby doll doesn't want to do your next <laughs> book or any book. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it. Thanks to SeatGeek. That's our presenting sponsor. Don't forget to download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Thanks to Sonos. The smart speaker system that streams all your favorite music to any room or every room. Control your music with one simple app. Fill your home with pure immersive sound. And do everything wirelessly. What's better than that? What's better for a holiday party? Add your existing music service. Add your existing music services. You might have one. You might have multiple. Or discover something new. But go to Sonos.com right now. S-O-N-O-S.com right now. And don't forget, Channel 33, I was on the final episode of Bachelor Party, along with Roger Sherman. If you want to hear that, and if you want to hear the upcoming Sports Movie Hall of Fame podcast, check that out. Zach Lowe, thanks again for him, for his first appearance in 22 months. That's the previous BS podcast. And we have a professional sports owner coming up on the next one. We have one more podcast this week. I won't tell you who the owner is. Until then. <laughs> <laughs>